0: If you want to maximise your athlete development pre-season, off-season, steer clear of the ice baths typically in season where we want to start to really uh, be aggressive with your uh, recovery process. And yeah, develop an effective library for those three key areas, neural, metabolic, um, and mental. And after a day after the game or straight after the routine, you want to be getting into that recovery process. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As, where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss the live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. Today I'll be discussing everything you need to know when it comes to AFL recovery. We'll have three key areas to this live chat, all practical tips so you can apply all the information and knowledge straight away to your weekly routine. If you're tuning in with us uh, live on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, if you've found us for the first time, if you could please rate the podcast, that would be fantastic. It allows us to reach more listeners and engage with our community. Those tuning in on TikTok as well, feel free to send through our questions. But we'll get straight into it. The first aspect and first of these of this three part uh, presentation is developing an effective library of recovery uh, techniques, <clears throat> and you can draw on these um, throughout training, over preseason, off season. Uh, And particularly in in, in in-season where we want to really ramp up your recovery and be quite aggressive in your recovery methods. Obviously, in the off-season, we more want to elicit adaptation uh, and the recovery you're going to get is just time away uh, from the club. Uh, And then pre-season, same thing. We're focusing on getting in the training. So, recovery is not so much an emphasis. We want to save Uh, the recovery so we get maximum benefit from it from those methods in in season where it becomes a bit more of a novelty where if you just constantly be doing the same thing over and over again it's like anything um you're not going to reap the same amount of benefits so uh, focus the majority of your time and energy on using these techniques in in season um, and some of these can be simply breaking it down from neural mental as well as metabolic point of view so If you've just played uh, a game, we've done match load, main training session in pre-season practice match, let's say, and you want to maximise your recovery for the next game, so you're in that week to week cycle. Break it down into how demanding was the game? Was there a high amount of sprint and and contact work? Therefore, there was a huge neural demand uh, on the game. Were you playing in maybe a slightly different position, and the tactical technical aspect was really demanding mentally? Uh, or was it just a, a game that metabolically was super challenging? It was heaps of gut running, uh, it was hot, uh, and you found that your, your legs um, were heavy throughout the the session or the game. Um, so breaking those key areas, understanding the demands of the of what you've just experienced should influence the type of recovery you have. So what we know through with the research, if you're feeling the next day, day after a game, if you're feeling body fatigue, that's a good indication that neurally... You need to do some work with your recovery so cold immersion seems to be quite effective contrast immersion from hot to cold is really effective for neural recovery Um so things like an ice bath going to the beach uh, so getting into that uh, cold um, will just initiate that um, recovery process um, from a uh, mental point of view so let's say the game was really demanding like you're playing in a new position or it was a final Uh, Or perhaps you just had a really big week and there was lots of stress in your week and mentally after playing the game, you're just exhausted. Uh, So body feels pretty good, but just the mental fatigue, things like mindfulness, meditation, um, yoga, any breath work, uh, and ultimately trying to keep your mind at ease. So relaxation activities, simply going for a 30-minute walk and listening to some relaxing music uh, or hanging out with friends um, that aren't necessarily connected to the football club, but they're just an external network and gets your mind away from the game, and it's a stress-free environment. So those aspects are really important. And then from a metabolic point of view, this is where your your legs feel really heavy, Um, or if you've done a big upper-body workout, or you've done a huge cross-training session, there's a lot of metabolic stress through muscle DOMS, muscle soreness. That's where we can use things like heat, uh, and as well as active recovery to help flush. So going for a light, steady-state bike can be really good to flush the legs. Um, Going into a sauna... Uh, doing some water pool movement Um, anything where you can promote blood flow typically is really good for just aiding the body in its process of um, basically removing those byproducts that are built up with those high lactate typically demanding workouts so whether it be in the gym where you're doing hypertrophy training or in those high rep ranges or you're doing the threshold runs like repeat 400 meter efforts in pre-season or in a game like wingers and outside midfielders where you Maybe you haven't played that position for a few weeks and you've been thrown into different position and your game profile was your high speed running and was a lot higher and then typically the metabolic demand is going to be a new stress for you. So respecting that and doing some heat recovery and promoting blood flow is really, really important. Of course, when you're playing a game, it's a, it's a brutal game. There may be an aspect of all three of those that need attention uh, and hence why recovery is so important when you're in the weekly si- season. I'm recording this in late June. So majority of uh, AFL men's footballers are currently playing VFLW, so women's football. And unless you're an AFLW athlete, then you're in preseason mode. So it's very different that advice. Like I said, just focus on the training uh, and don't do too much of this recovery process. Save those methods for in season, so that, that you get maximum benefit when you need it. But also, as we know with recovery, especially things like ice, there's some research to suggest that you can actually hinder your adaptations if, you, if you're trying to put on muscle mass and doing an ice bath straight after that uh, strength session you're hindering the adaptation process um, so that's why things like um, leaving the ice baths for in-season is a good general rule of thumb which is usually an easy sell for a football because they're typically you're not going to love about going into an ice bath so if you want to maximise your athlete development pre-season, off-season steer clear of the ice baths typically in-season where we want to start to really uh, be aggressive with your uh, recovery process and yeah, develop a, a effective library for those three key areas, neural, metabolic, um, and mental. And after a day after the game or straight after the routine, you want to be getting into that recovery process. As soon as the game's finished, how can you mentally unwind and relax to help yourself sleep at night, which is going to maximize your recovery both mentally, metabolically, and neurally. Sleep is the most important thing after a game. Um, particularly if you played a night game that's going to be really challenging switching off so having a routine that just helps you wind down um, is really really important and then the next two days typically up to 72 hours is when we're still in the recovery mode we ought to be still thinking about these things so perhaps mentally you're feeling good Uh, you had a big win you played well so motivation is high um, and you mentally recovered the day post however you've got body fatigue and you've got some muscle soreness so you're going to prioritize your hot colds, um, massage, passive recovery, things like that to promote blood flow and get through. Um, next key areas have a process that you stick to. So routine is so important. More important than the next fancy thing or um, whatever you read is the most important. The recovery stuff changes all the time. Um, you'll hear pros and cons for ice baths, pros and cons for sauna at different temperatures. G- generally speaking, as long as you've got a routine that you feel better, for after the game, and it helps you sleep, you're onto a winner. The next day, as long as you're doing some form of low level recovery and your body feels better for it after it, and the next day, you're onto a good thing. And same thing for two days post, as long as you're doing some sort of movement, active recovery, mobility, you're restoring your range of motion, uh, and you're feeling better for it, then um, then you're going to um, know that you're onto a good thing. And yes, we can use objective measures like with AFL athletes, we'll use things like force plays to check their power and see how well they've recovered um, You know, two to three days post the game to see how well they've neurally recovered typically, and you can rate your muscle soreness out of 10 to see how metabolically they've recovered and see how well they're coping with general um, life to see how well mentally they've recovered. So subjective aspect of recovery is so important, as well as we can have some objective markers to see how demanding the game was, what was the load in terms of your GPS, what was the load in terms of in the gym, Your set some reps and total weight that you lifted, And then how is the athlete responding and how's the athlete feeling? So have a process and a routine that you stick to. A routine for game day, post game day, a routine plus one from game day and a recovery routine plus two. Typically speaking, game day, we're prioritising sleep. So whatever you can do to reduce inflammation, so eat healthy, make sure you rehydrate and have a relaxation routine to help you maximise your sleep time. Um, Day after a game is where we want to be starting to get moving. So some form of low-level active recovery yoga, going for a walk, um, doing some mobility, some bandit stretching, foam rolling, um, all these things just promote blood flow and get the body moving to restore that range. As we know, when you've run 10Ks and you've had heaps of collisions, your body tightens up. So we just want to start to restore that range, which is going to help you train and feel better for your first training session for the week. Plus two is where um, some athletes, depending on your schedule, may be training for the first time. So making sure you're reflecting on the game from a mental point of view, you're reflecting on what went well, Um, reflecting on what didn't go well both individually and the team and then you're resetting that game you're putting to the past and you're starting to focus on preparing for the next game so mentally resetting and movement actually getting into a jog getting a little bit of intensity in the gyms and lifting heavy typically like we do on our program we do most of our high force um, slow strength activities um, plus two after game day and that really just starts to get you out of that recovery mode and actually starting to shift towards performance and preparation for the next training session so that's really important have a process a routine that you stick to and you can start to just refine that routine but as long as you've got windows that you're sticking to no matter what uh, after a game day post and day and two days post then you're going to be in a good spot consistency is key number three what you believe works best so particularly for the coaches out there it's really important that you can bring the athletes along for the ride don't just put on um spreadsheets or just um send them protocols to follow actually get an insight into what works best for them because as we know with the research typically if your athlete feels like they're benefiting from the recovery methodology then we know that they're going to get a positive response from it so the placebo in recovery when it comes to recovery is huge Um placebo is probably really important with anything to do with performance but when it comes to working with athletes and their preparation but even more so when it comes to recovery so unless it's an education aspect where like of course if an athlete for example had a corky and they're spending an hour getting a deep tissue massage in that area and cupping um to let the athlete know that's not the right decision uh and hence why you haven't pulled up well from that um recovery choice we want to be focusing on more cold uh and ice and just gentle movement rather than just um creating more um blood in the area but if if we're um you know, typically, generally speaking, especially with you're a- athletes, let the a- athlete have autonomy when it comes to recovery. So if if they're going to have autonomy, they feel like it works for them, we know we're going to get a better benefit from it, um, both physically and mentally, but also from a routine point of view, which is the most important thing, they're going to be consistent with it. So if you're a strength conditioning coach, listen to this, <clears throat> have your frameworks, have your protocols, put them up in the club rooms, speak to athletes about it, get a bit of insight on what they're currently doing. Typically, if they're doing nothing, then it's a great opportunity to be able to Uh, help them um, be able to build in a bit of a routine and just start with that after game day routine um, and build from there, but um, bring them along for the ride. And and we know through the research that Percebo is massive. So if they feel like it really works for them, um, then I would stick with that routine. That's it for this week's uh, weekly update in terms of what AFL players doing for recovery. Hopefully there was some uh, practical tips that you can apply to your football, no matter what level you're playing at. Um, and ultimately like I said before subjective is huge so if you're doing something uh, and you feel better for it immediately after it and you've and your body's in a better place to train and perform the next day you're until winner so stick with that and just have a routine in place that's the key this week on the podcast we have John Kylie, who where we discuss athlete development performance coaching absolutely amazing episode that's released this Wednesday our live we've got two live Bellica Pro chat shows so make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and Send in your questions, particularly academy members. Get involved in the discussion forum where you can post questions that I'll add to the run sheet to these guests. We've got Pat Basil, who's a strength expert. Make sure to follow this guy up on Twitter. He posts heaps of amazing practical tips for high-performance coaches when it comes to strength programming. That will be 9 a.m. Australian Standard time on Thursday. And then Greg Mueller, um, that's at 4 p.m. We're talking about how you can really focus on shim performance, or so how a coach can make a big impact when it comes to shim performance. A great topic. I'm really looking forward to chatting with Greg. And our Bite sized episode is with Meg Hutchins, who's um, been massive and instrumental in the AFLW and women's sport altogether. So really looking forward to sharing 10 minutes from her episode that we did over a year ago. If you enjoy that episode with Meg, make sure to listen to the whole episode by searching for Meg Hutchins on wherever you listen to your podcast platform. Um, Then the poll as well for this week. So I've been posting a poll on our LinkedIn and Twitter. This was all about for high performance coaches, what's your favorite methodology when it comes to team field-based athletes from a conditioning point of view? So, being able to prepare the athletes um, from an energy system point of view uh, aerobically. And it was Fartlek was 21% on LinkedIn, 16 on Twitter, max distance runs. So, like going for a three-minute max distance run, 4%, zero on Twitter, steady state runs. So, like going for a 10-minute steady state effort, 20-minute steady state effort, 2%, 0%. That would have been quite popular i reckon 20 years ago and then maximal aerobic speeds so are using objective um, prescription when it comes to your um, target so a bit more of an individualized approach you might use a 2k time trial work out the average speed that they're moving and then you depending on what workouts you're doing if you're doing an aerobic one where there's um you know high work to, to little rest maybe three to one 45 seconds on 15 seconds off you might work at 90 percent of their uh, maximum aerobic speed for example That was at a whopping 74% on LinkedIn and 84% on Twitter. So clearly that is the most popular option at the moment for people's conditioning choice, which probably comes to no surprise. I wish I also added in tempo running uh, in that one. So make sure to comment. There was a few great engaging comments on that feed in LinkedIn. So if you follow me on Jack McLean on our LinkedIn, you can get involved in that poll. This week is going to be which modality is most important for individualization. Is it... For, for a developing athlete so is it playing demands injury history or long-term athlete development so i'd love for you to get involved in that both on our linkedin and twitter um, and if you have any other options within that that you'd like to be added to it make sure to comment in those feeds and lastly our workout for this week is a cross training swim program so it's a great aerobic program i've used it quite regularly i've done this one myself so you go for a five minute steady state warm-up just to get your rhythm with with swimming uh, and then from, just keep that at a relaxed pace, just an efficient way to warm up basically and just get your rhythm with swimming. Then you're going to do eight 25-meter efforts every 45 seconds. Should take 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off typically. Six 50-meter reps every 90 seconds. So hopefully we're sticking around that. 60 seconds of work, 30 seconds off. That two-to-one work-to-rest ratio, it's an aerobic workout. So that's what we want here. And then 400-meter efforts for swimming and then every three minutes. This is, of course, with freestyle you probably could do it with backstroke if you're a proficient backstroker. Um, I would definitely struggle with breaststroke or butterfly, but freestyle is the one to go for. Um, give it a go. Let me know. It should take you about 30 minutes, and it's a great way to just get the heart rate up. Early in the week as well, Could add uh, you could add this in, which is why I've used it for this workout, is your maybe plus two recovery day in the morning. Play it on Saturday. Do this on Tuesday morning. Uh, sorry, on Monday morning just to get yourself um, going and get you energized for the week. It's not going to beat up the joints because it's in the pool. Uh, it's going to get the heart rate guy a little bit, so you get a little bit of that aerobic development, which is so important. We don't get big exposure to that in season, um, but also it's just going to help promote some blood flow, get some movement. And then you're already in the pool by this stage, so that's where you can um, finish with some just 10 to 15 minutes of general movement. If you need a movement um, flow in the pool and you haven't got one, hit me up. I'm more than happy to share it by a direct message on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you listen, or wherever you follow us on socials. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on our next weekly show. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach, and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions access to our facebook group with jack and other prepare like a pro coaches you'll be able to receive merchandise program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events exercise technique database and much more this is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week your contribution goes a long way in making prepare like a pro community possible and just for five dollars a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely anytime.